Iowa basketball returns to the hardwood tonight as they take on Indiana. We preview the game where the Hawkeyes, yeah, Iowa, they are the favorite in this one. We break things down. Plenty on Iowa football. The transfer portal strikes again. Iowa gets another quarterback out of the court, out of the portal. We'll talk about Deacon Hill, the newest Hawkeye, and take a look what else Iowa is doing inside of that. Plenty of football talk as well, all coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Trent Condon, and welcome back. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. You can also see us on YouTube and click the subscribe button while you're there. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Look, it just takes less than a second. Hit that click button. Subscribe to us. Help us out as we reach more Hawkeye fans out there. A busy day coming up this evening. I will be back on the hardwood as they take on Indiana and surprisingly, the Hawkeyes are the favorite. We're going to talk about that one coming up today. And I'll break things down a little bit more. Very interesting as uh, seeing the two different components of this game. Iowa fans, I know for the most part, not overly optimistic about the Hawkeyes' opportunity to come out and get a victory here. Yet, I see the exact same thing also happening from the Indiana side of things. We'll talk about the matchup and lots on the football front. A new quarterback, we'll talk about Deacon Hill, get a breakdown of what the anticipation will be for him at minimum. It's good news as I was going to have another quarterback to help out during spring football and the transfer portal, more buzz. In fact, another guy on the portal list right now that is taking a visit. Visit. We'll talk about that a little bit coming up here, but let's open things up and talk some basketball. In fact, I'm very excited. First time this year, making my way over to Carver Hawkeye. I had the opportunity, a couple of tickets. They're incredibly cheap. Maybe you're heading over to the game right now or getting ready for it. And we'll preview the breakdown of it, but made the decision. Going to take my daughter. She's been excited about the Hawkeyes. In fact, uh, today she wore her black and gold, wore her Hawkeye sweatshirt to school today, her hoodie. She was excited about that. I think she's got a couple of people in her second grade class that are also Hawkeye fans. Maybe she was trying to impress, but we're going to pick her up here in just a little bit, get on the road and make our way over to Iowa City from our outpost in West Des Moines. And you know, with that, getting to Carver, I know tickets are cheap. Not going to be a full house, not going to be a rocking environment like I grew up with what Carver was in the 80s and in the 90s. Not going to be the same kind of thing. And, and maybe there'll be nine, ten thousand 10,000 people in attendance for the game tonight. But just an opportunity to go out there and see what it's like. I want to have that environment. I want to have some fun with my daughter. That's always a good thing, too. Uh, the little man, my little guy, he's just three. So a little bit more difficult. That's usually a two-person job if we're going to take Jack to a game. But just want to see the environment, see what it's like, and any opportunity to get to Iowa City is a good thing. And well, we'll take advantage here because, you know, weather, it makes it difficult. I know a lot of people here are not from central Iowa or where I am. For the people in eastern Iowa, and especially in the corridor, in Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, I, I don't think you understand the difficulty of these midweek games. And it's not just you know, the two-hour drive getting there, getting out of traffic, and then knowing you got a couple hours of drive in front of you late at night on a work night or school night, whatever it is. and I'm uh, going to tell the daughter, hey, you're going to be sleeping when we get back in the car. There's no staying up. There's there's no playing on an iPad, nothing like that. <laughs> you're going to have to get some sleep because you got school the next day. But you have that component, but it's also the weather part. And, and that was one of the factors that kind of also triggered this because there's been so many times the last couple of years where 
we had plans to go over to a game, a wrestling meet, a women's basketball game, and it just didn't work out because of weather. And that's always something, not just what's happening the day of or the day after, but what it's going to look like when you get there. That's also always a huge component here. And it makes it difficult, I know, for a lot of people to get over to Iowa City. No excuse. Hey, people pack that thing for wrestling. People pack that thing for women's basketball. The attendance has been bad for the men's game. Let's hope it's good tonight. Let's talk about the matchup and what we expect to see against Indiana. As I said at the top, it's been not confounding, but interesting talking to a few Indiana people today that I know uh, from my realm. On my radio show, we have uh, one of our Packers guys that comes in and talks Packers with us on a weekly basis. His name is Dave Sinekin, and he's an Indiana grad, huge Hoosier, Hoosier fan, and getting his perspective on this matchup, he's not confident. I talked to a couple other Indiana people that I know. Not a whole lot of confidence there. And the Hoosiers, uh, recently they played, their last loss was against Kansas. They were blown out of the building in that one. Since then, played just two games against Elon and against Kennesaw State. Against Kennesaw State, they didn't play real well. And, and they've been off since then. They've been basically off here for almost two weeks now since that game before Christmas against Kennesaw State. Stewing a little bit. I know Trace Jackson Davis, he's been dealing with a little bit of a back injury. He's been practicing. He's been good to go. Xavier Johnson, he is out for an extended period of time, possibly even the whole season. You remember him in the backcourt. He's a guy that felt like, man, he just hit big shots against the Hawkeyes all throughout his tenure. He's not going to be there, the Pittsburgh transfer. In fact, let's look back here. Yeah, he had 20 in the Big Ten tournament game in the Iowa-Indiana Iowa, uh, Iowa game a year ago. That one certainly jumps to memory, and I didn't play very well the other one. Yeah, remember him back different games. Always can be a little bit difficult, but he's not going to be there. That's the biggest uh, part of this for this team. They're big inside. We know Jackson Davis, preseason player of the year in the Big Ten, what he can do. Of course, Race Thompson, another guy, thick, not the tallest guy, but he's going to be a problem. His physicality against Chris Murray, I think that's an interesting one to look at. You know, obviously, what Chris wants to do. But when they're playing those two guys together, what that also means on the other side, what Iowa can do to try to exploit that. Obviously, Chris Murray has got him beat in athleticism. He can beat him, run him around out there. Miller Cop, he's a guy that's going to hit shots all over the place. But the one guy that is really, really fun to watch from an Indiana perspective is Jalen Hood Serfino. He is a freshman that has come in. He is shooting the ball incredibly well, 38% from three. He's big. He's six foot six. He can get to the rim. He, his usage rate is high, a good assist ratio. He's done a little bit of everything for this team. And now maybe the Xavier Johnson injury could be a blessing of disguise because they're letting it unleash right now with Jalen hood Shafino, a guy to keep an eye on here tonight. I don't know where the confidence is coming from, from a betting perspective. Now, if you've been listening here for a while, you know, I'm a daily gambler. I bet a lot, not in terms of money, in terms of volume, ton of games. It's the way I do. It's my hobby. Now, for all intents and purposes, that's what it is. It's my hobby, something that I enjoy, something that I do on a daily basis, be it during baseball season, football, basketball. I'm a big golf better, all those different things. I love to do it. It's just something I'm not putting big money on it. It's something, can I just end up beating the book? You know, over the course of the season, can I do well? And I've been really good lately. This one, I can't understand. I was a slight favorite. I was favored by one and a half. And I anticipated it would be a tight line, Usually, Ken Pomeroy, the analytics site, their numbers are usually very close to what you see point spread-wise. But but here's another component of this that, that I find incredibly interesting is where the public money is coming in. So there's a couple of different places uh, that you can go to find those public numbers. I go to Wager Talk, uh, who has a bunch of different sports books there. And then where the tickets are coming in, 
in terms of volume of tickets. And then on top of it, where you're also seeing the money. So this is, again, from Wager Talk. 51% of the tickets, about 50-50, obviously. Half the tickets are on Iowa, 49% on Indiana. But the money, the betting percentage, 86% of the money is on the Hawkeyes. Right, a little bit head scratching there. I saw the same thing from one of my partners on the radio side and Bet Rivers. Uh, they also had those numbers, and it was Iowa, at least in their morning numbers, that they said to me uh, was getting a majority of the money, not the bets. That's basically split 50-50. It's the money coming in. What that tells you, for the most part, are these are the pros. These are the professional bettors, not the rec- recreational guys, not guys like me. 10 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever your, your betting unit is. These are the whales. These are the big bettors that are putting the money down. They're hitting in the max unit, be 5K, 10K, whatever it is on an individual game, what you can get down offshore at a place like Bet Online, where sometimes you can get more than that. Those are the places that's the amount of money coming in. So, from that perspective, from a betting perspective, at least what it tells you is that the sharps, the pros, are on Iowa. It's not a sure thing. No sure things in betting, but. With my gambling mind, it does get me at least a little bit excitement that Iowa can get it done. What are they going to do in the starting lineup? Connor McCaffrey likely is going to be the starter there. It'll be Ulysses, Perkins, McCaffrey, Connor now replacing Patrick in the starting lineup along with Rebracha and, of course, Chris Murray. But one thing I did think about today, though, is with all the struggles we've seen from Peyton Sanford, and if Iowa has any chance of turning this season around, Peyton Sanford's going to be a part of it. He has to be a guy that can come in, shoot the basketball. This is not a team that has a bunch of shooters. This is not a team that has a bunch of guys that you get really excited about that can make a bunch of big plays. And because of that, in the shooting game, you need him. You need that and that component to get going. Maybe put him back in the lineup. Remember, he lost his starting gig after the first loss of the season against TCU. Now, he was struggling and struggled mightily in that game. He also started the game where both Connor and Chris Murray didn't play in the matchup against Eastern Illinois. He did start that game, but... You're trying to get him jump-started. Maybe that's what he needs. Hearing his name in the starting lineup. I don't know. We're searching for answers. We don't have a whole lot of good ones at this point in time. That is the likely scenario, is you're going to see Connor out there, but maybe a different under, other idea. And one other thing I've talked about, if this thing continues to go south for Iowa, if the Hawkeyes continue to struggle at the level that we've seen, Indiana, on the road for Rutgers on Sunday, come home for Michigan, Maryland, and Northwestern. If... If they struggle during this stretch, how quickly are they going to turn the keys over from the point guard duties of Aaron Eulis and say, young man, DeSante Bowen, this team is yours. We will see on that front. It can turn around here, at least the start of a turnaround tonight against Indiana. Again, Hawkeyes favored by one and a half. We'll take a quick timeout here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, coming back with some football talk, including Iowa getting a new quarterback. No, not Cade McNamara, a new name. That's coming your way next. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one resource for everything going on in the world of sports wagering. From betting information, stats, news, and analysis, Bet Online has you covered. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football as we get ready for week 18. College season comes to a close, not just the national championship game. Don't forget, we got the FCS championship game happening on Sunday. South Dakota State against North Dakota State. Basketball, you name it, they have it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, and 
Well, you're hanging out with me. I think you do. You can find those also at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. Head to the website today or just hop on your phone to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Try kind of continuing with you here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day as we roll through getting ready for Iowa, Indiana tonight. As I said earlier, I will be at Carver. We'll have an instant reaction podcast after I get back to West Des Moines. I know we'll have that up for you. More likely in your feed bright and early when you wake up on Friday morning. So as we kick things over to the football side of things, Iowa gets another commitment in the quarterback realm, and that is Deacon Hill set to transfer from Wisconsin to Iowa. So as a prospect, Hill, big kid from Santa Barbara, California, he was uh, rated as the number 22 pocket passer in the country, the number 42 player in the state of California. He committed to Nebraska and played a little bit this year as a redshirt freshman. So he does have three years of eligibility remaining. We know Cade McNamara, he has two. But the biggest thing is the connection that he has to John Budmeyer. Of course, the uh, coach this year on the quarterback side of things came in not as a full-time coach. He is on the uh, other side of things where he's not able to be on the field, on the practice. He is in the other thing. And we've seen Alabama with a bunch of these guys throughout the years that they come in there and help out. And that has been the case for Bud Meyer. Now, ultimately, does Bud Meyer become a full-time coach? Maybe that could be in the plan. That would make a whole lot of sense to go that route. But obviously, that's where the connection comes from. Wisconsin beat Kansas State, Nevada, BYU, and UCLA for his services coming out of high school. He is a big kid. Now, he was listed at six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds. I saw some reports from some Wisconsin people. He got upwards of 270. He's got to lose some weight. Uh, has worked on that apparently and has cut the weight down at least a little bit here, but he's got to work to do to get physically in the right frame. But the dude can throw it a country mile. Not great accuracy. Huge, huge cannon for an arm. If Iowa can find a way to harness that big arm, maybe they got something. But at minimum, what this is, it's another arm for spring practice. We know Alex Padilla is not going to be there. Transfer portal. Same with Carson May. Not going to be there. Both those guys are in the transfer portal. You couple that with Spencer Petrus. He is going through rehab, and it looks like a recovery of 9 to 11 months for him. Even if he remains on the team, it's going to be in a limited capacity, unavailable for spring. And the same thing with Cade McNamara. Now, McNamara is going to do some things. Kirk Ferentz has mentioned that. They anticipate he's going to be a minimum out there a little bit. Not sure how much he's going to be able to do as he recovers from the knee surgery, but he'll be out there a little bit probably coming back from that injury and trying to get right, learning the offense, walking through a bunch of different things. But you need arms. I mean, you can't just have Joey Labus out there throwing the football around for every offensive set you're trying to do. You can't go through with just one quarterback and anticipate to get all the work done that you want during the course of spring practice. So this is a huge help of that. A guy that can come in there, take some reps. He was a four-star coming out of high school. A guy that certainly Bud Meyer really liked it and also saw an interesting story about him going back to when he made his commitment, basically asked Deacon Hill to throw the football, throw 18-yard out routes, just time in, time out, 10 to one side, 10 to the other, said, you want to be a Badger. I mean, it was as simple as that, and he was able to see, Bud Meyer was able to see what he liked out of him. He's got the arm talent, there's no doubt about it, still more that needs to be done, but another arm for camp and another guy, three years again of eligibility off for him. What else do we got going on in the transfer portal? Well, 
a name that is, I know, exciting to a lot of different people is another Michigan transfer. That's right. Let's go to the well again. And Andrew Anthony from Michigan. He just answer, entered the portal the other day. Now, Anthony is a young man that put together this season a very nice offer list already since he's entered the portal. I uh, saw earlier today UCLA has already become involved with him. Notre Dame, Purdue, West Virginia, Texas A&M, Penn State, Cal, South Carolina, Pitt, Miami, Oklahoma. Those are just the offers that he has listed. He has not listed anything with Iowa, but people making the connection, obviously, with him and his former teammates with Eric Gall and with Cade McNamara. We will see on that front if there's anything that happens. Iowa, at least at this point, as we talk here today, has not given an offer to Anthony. Had 12 catches this year, 200 and uh, seven catches this year for 80 yards and a touchdown. Had three touchdowns in 2021, but all the talent you can get, right? 6'2, 190 pounds, a sophomore. This past season, a couple of years of eligibility still remaining for him. Help out, right? Got to replenish that wide receiver room, and that's a big part of it. Another name that we've been talking about since the very beginning of this, in fact, one of the first transfer names that we heard and talked about is Isaac Tesla, the wide receiver from Hillsdale College up in Michigan. Same place that I was able to get Vandenberg a couple of years back. Not Vandenberg. Oh, man. And it just had a mind blank. Oh, man. Oh, this is terrible. An old man moment for you. Why can't I think of it? No, not Van Ness. Oh, I'm losing it. Guys, bad work out of me. Regardless, same college that got the trades for a couple of years ago. I came in and helped out. Man, getting old sucks. But offers right away, took a visit to Iowa State, took a visit to Iowa. Since then, he has added offers from Purdue, Nebraska, Arizona, Texas A&M, Colorado. That's right, Dion Prime. Coach Prime's after him. Old Miss, Arkansas, Baylor. Miami, that's who in the mix for Isaac Tesla. He's taking a visit to Iowa. That's a good thing. You're not working about, wondering about if you're going to get an offer or a visit from him. That's already happened, so you have that in the bag, but it becomes a little bit more difficult. And then finally, big offensive tackle. This Iowa team felt like coming into the year before the ultimate decommitment from Caden Proctor that they were pretty well set for next year at offensive line. I maintained, even before that, they needed to continue to look in the portal. I thought they needed help both inside and outside. That offensive line was a mess this year. It has not been good for a very long time. They needed more pieces. Well, they thought Proctor was coming in. He's going to be a starter from day one at one of the tackle spots, and they were going to be good to go with him in Richmond at those two spots, and they figure out the inside. Now, with no Proctor, they're out there. So Walter Rouse, a offensive tackle from Stanford is the latest. He is taking a visit currently to Iowa. He's got a lot of big visits still on his plate. I know the NIL Collective, the Swarm, has been working hard on him. That'll be part of the conversation, I know, as he makes his way to Iowa City. It's a necessity. Now, Rouse did take a step back this year in terms of grading from Pro Football Focus. I believe he uh, led up something like double digits in rushes this year, in hurries, and gave up five sacks, something that we hadn't seen very much out of Rouse. So that's a component, no doubt. That's a concern with him. Is it something that just physically was happening? Was it something schematically at Stanford this year? We're not very good. Something else happening there. But he has been a three-year starter. He's graded out very highly by pro football focus, looking at the offensive numbers from him. And again, Iowa needs help at the offensive line. I mean, more than anything. Yeah, they need more wide receivers. But if anything's going to be better, this offense is going to turn into even a competent offense. Not a real high bar. A competent offense. That offensive line needs to be a whole lot 
better. Wrap things up on the other side and give you my pick for the Iowa-Indiana game and more football decisions. Leaving, going, we'll get into those. Lucas Van Ness, of course, is off to the NFL. We'll talk about that. Joe Evans, though, is coming back. Him along with Tory Taylor. What's the look of this Iowa team? And what's still out there? Decisions. Guys contemplating coming back for a fifth or sixth year. What are we still waiting for on those decisions? That's all coming up on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat? Don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal, eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then I got the thing just for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Unbelievable flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. I've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now, how about this? You get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-pack box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie bar batter and churro. You can thank me later. Thank you to Built Bar. Wrapping things up here, football, basketball conversation as we come to a close. Uh, mention some of the decisions that have happened here in recent days, digging a little bit deeper. You know, Lucas Van Ness, off to the NFL. No surprise. Now, the question was asked, late in the regular season about that. And I, I think he was almost shell-shocked by it. He's like, what? What are you talking about? And then he found out, well, NFL people are salivating with this skill set. He is built like Hercules. He is put together. He's got the size. He's got the frame. Production was good when he was out there. Now, Iowa was so deep at defensive line, it's not like he had to be out there playing 60, 70, 80 snaps a game. And ultimately, that's a good thing for the Iowa defense, as we've seen in the past. Building up that depth has been something that has been so important to this program and what they have done defensively over the last six or seven years. But with Van S, there's a component of this. Good luck to him. Hope it goes well. The Bears draft him. Let's hope he turns into an all-pro, right? That's what we're looking for if you're a Bears fan like me. But how are we going to remember him? Yeah, the pictures, the abs coming out of the jersey, a couple of plays here and there, but it's one of those what-if guys. You know, just... He wanted more production. He wanted more. He wanted to see more from him all the time. People believe his best football is still in front of him. I, I can definitely see that, but that's going to be the memories of Lucas Van Ness. Let's hope it turns out incredibly well for him. Obviously, that's a component, but for his Hawkeye career, just different than some of the guys. Another thing that you hope for from an Iowa perspective is he becomes a first-rounder, not just for him, personally, an opportunity, obviously, to get the big contract that comes along with being a first-rounder, but secondly, as Iowa would look to continue their run of having first-round NFL draft picks. I mean, they are in rarefied air, not just from an Iowa or Big Ten perspective, but a national perspective. And the year-on-year basis, they're putting 
players out there that are first rounders. So another component that you hope for. Good news, though, on that defensive line, though you lose Lucas Van Ness. Joe Evans will return for his sixth season. Guy that led the team in sacks. He can get after it. Talked earlier in the week about Deontay Craig. He continues to play at a high level. Going to need more out of him next season, but they continue to build up front. That defensive line is going to be stout. Going to be good. Do they need to look at the transfer portal, maybe for a linebacker? Haven't heard a ton about that. There were a couple of names that have floated. Hasn't been a ton of interest and a ton uh, that I've seen that on the recruiting sites on that front, but something to keep an eye on. But maybe the biggest news, and it's crazy to say, because you're losing a possible first-round NFL draft pick, a guy that was incredibly productive when he was out there in Venice. But the biggest decision very well could be Torrey Taylor coming back for another season. He is so important for Iowa football. And regardless of what happens, with the offensive coordinator, regardless of what happens with this team as a whole and what they're looking to do and what they're looking to build upon. With all of that, even still, a big part about this is Iowa's going to play a similar style. It is going to be field position. It's going to be ball control. You hope the offense is better, no doubt, but punting is a huge component of that. We've seen when Iowa struggled at the punter position how difficult it is for them to overcome those hidden yardage numbers that are out there. Iowa is so good at those year after year, special teams-wise, and the punter is a huge component. I don't know who the backup is. I don't want to know for another year. Torrey Taylor, go do your thing. We'll see guys running down there, making plays. Cooper DeGene, uh, keeping the ball inside the five-yard line. Uh, let's hope for another year of that. Big news, and well, it wouldn't be a Hawkeye podcast if we're not talking about the punter and the importance. Uh, that's where we are. I'll be in Carver Hawkeye Arena. Hey, if you're there, stop by, say hello. Get to stop by the Vine, have some wings beforehand, uh, meeting a couple buddies there, and also going to bring my little one for her first ever experience at the Vine. That's right before the game. We'll head there and then make our way over to Carver Hawkeye Arena. Hope to bring back a Hawkeye win. And I'll tell you, as a better, everything is telling me I got to bet on the Hawkeyes. As somebody that has watched this Iowa basketball team, I can't do it. Hey, I'm going to hedge my bet here. Give me Indiana pulling it out 82 75. I got the Hoosiers winning this one. Let's hope I'm wrong. Let's hope those pro betters are right. I'll talk to you instant reaction podcast after I get back tonight. That'll be in your feed tomorrow. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Again, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hope to have a fun night in Carver. Go Hawks.